Welcome to episode four of Now for Someone Completely Interesting. I'm your host, Ben Poulin. Now, my first few guests were people I've known for some time. However, today I'm joined by someone I've only met a few months ago. Now, as the snow was starting to pile up around here, we were really excited via to hear via the Lakeland Cross Country Ski Club that our son, as a member, had the opportunity to train and learn from an Olympic cross country ski coach. And uh, once I launched this podcast, a mutual friend of ours, Pierre Lamoureux, strongly recommended that I bring you on this podcast because in his words, every time I talk to the guy, I get this other great story that, uh, that, I've, never, that I've never heard about. So now I'm intrigued, I'm fascinated to welcome Les Parsons to Now for Someone Completely Interesting. Thank you so much for joining me. I know you're a busy guy, so let's get right into it. Uh, Olympic ski coach. How do you become an Olympic ski co- ski coach? <laughs> uh, I would say by default. It wasn't ever a plan of mine. So I was a ordinary Yahoo in high school. Didn't do much until grade twelve. I jumped into sports, uh, specifically cross country running. Was I did in grade twelve and ended up being pretty good at it. So then from there I went to the U of A, and I ran with a bunch of runners at U of A, uh, and then. It turned out that a lot of them cross-country skied, so I jumped on the ski team, and I was probably the worst bushwhacker cross-country skier in Alberta. Uh, I thought you just ran on your ski. So I'd run up the hills, uh, crash on the downhills, and run along the flats. So I was just brutal. Like, I was not good. And then in my final year at university, we had a guy called Roger Ofstad coaching in Edmonton and at U of A, and I learned how to glide. And then I became pretty good at cross-country skiing, uh, just racing the Alberta Cup circuit, nothing fancy. And then after university, I went to a small town called Vermilion, just south of St. Paul here an hour. And I worked at Lakeland College. And one of the parents recognized me as a cross-country skier. Her name was Jan Scott. And she said, oh, hey, you, uh, I've seen you around. Uh, Would you you mind coaching our kids in cross-country skiing? And I said, not really. They were called Jackrabbits, which is the the cross-country ski league for kids all across Canada. I said, ah, ankle biters, not really. Uh, But then she invited me over to her house and she cooked an amazing meal. She had a good strategy. And so basically my motto then became, we'll coach for food. And so that's how I got started. And it started out just a couple afternoons after school, Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then they said, could we also go on a Saturday or a Sunday once in a while? I said, sure. And then it ended up being, you know, three or four afternoons a week. And then on weekends, then we started traveling. Jackrabbits were 12 and under. And that group of kids were 13 and 14. We started going to these Alberta Cups across Alberta. And that went well, and the kids were doing super well. I give all the credit to the parents who showed them how to ski when they're ages, you know, four to 12. And then I just inherit them when I'm 13. They can already ski well. And uh, I was a brutal coach. I learned how to coach by coaching. I never took uh, much in terms of coaching training. I just mm-hmm. learned by default. So these are basically my white rats. I just learned how to coach with these guys. <laughs> and I was just sort of a day ahead of them or a day behind them. I was a classic skier where you just stay in the track and ski classic. Right. And they were trying to, I was supposed to coach skate skiing and I had no idea how. So I remember crashing in front of the kids, trying to show them how to skate ski and getting up and blood pouring out of my knees and elbows. Oh, and they're wondering, who is this guy? And, uh, but we had a lot of fun and I kept it fun. So, so that's how I got started. And then I also coached a team at Lakeland college. So I combined the Lakeland college adult ski team with the, with the Vermilion junior team. And, and that's how I started. And from that group, 
four athletes went on to the World Championships or Olympics. So Becky Scott is, is Jan Scott's daughter and Walter Scott's daughter. Um, so she went to the Olympics in cross-country skiing. Her best friend, Moena, went to the World Championships in biathlon where you ski and shoot a rifle. Mm-hmm. Um, another fellow called Conrad Johnson went to the Paralympics. Another in running uh, with one leg and, and one sort of really stiff leg was cerebral palsy. Another girl, Patricia Holman, went to the World Championships in cross country running. And I give all the credit to the parents. Like I was just a glorified cheerleader. I was kind of the ringmaster of the circus. And I had a lot of fun with these kids. We worked our tails off. We had lots of fun doing relays. And we, I hid the intensity, hid the work, and just made it fun. And, mm-hmm. and that's how I got started coaching. So... I, I was going to say, I, I, I've observed how you've coached and, um, it, it, it's, I don't think I've ever seen a coach in any level of sport having as much fun out there as you seem to be having. Like it's I- gotta be fun. You know, <laughs> uh, the number one reason kids quit doing sports all across the world and specifically in, in Alberta and Canada is you're not having fun anymore. So if you mm-hmm. look at the exit, why do kids quit? They're not having fun. So I think a goal of a coach is to have fun and keep having fun. And I remember when Becky came back from the World Cups and World Championships and Olympics, she would talk about the fun she had with her teammates. She didn't talk about the race trailer or the technical mm-hmm. corners or how steep the hills were. She always had stories about the fun factor. So I've always kept it fun. So I'm glad you brought that up because that's the first name that came to mind was uh, as soon as you started talking about Vermilion, Alberta, we just down the road from us, we know very well who Becky Scott is. She's a gold medalist. Oh, yeah. In so. fact, Charlene Trafinenko used to uh, race against her uh, in in swimming. Like in, in when, when Charlene, well, I forget what her maiden name was now. But anyways, when Charlene swam here, mm-hmm. Charlene Fraser, okay, uh, when she swam here in uh, in St. Paul, she swam against Becky Scott. Right. So it was multi-sport back then. So I had these kids doing, you know, they I didn't coach a swim team, but there's a really good swim team in Vermilion. Yeah. Then I would coach them in cross-country running in the fall. Then we'd change gears to cross-country skiing, do track and field and triathlons in the spring and summer, and then just keep going year-round and just, you just changed the channel and kept the kids going, kept it fun. So, okay, so you, you started coaching Becky when she was still a kid. Yep, like, yeah, 13. Uh, 13. So were you there with her when she won the uh, the gold medal? Is, is At Salt that... Lake City, yeah. Okay. The first, well, after after she got good, she joined the Alberta ski team. Okay. And then she joined the Canadian Junior National team, and, and she got lots of attention. And then she got quite sick her last year as a junior and, uh, you know, with, with mono and just got really sick and, and everybody said, Oh, teenage sensation. She won all these gold medals as a juvenile and junior skier. Mm -hmm. And they'd seen it before. Oh, you know, she's, she's done. So she had a really rough year where she couldn't compete. And then she came back with a vengeance. And then we went to the Nagano Olympics. And so I was traveling at the time and it was, it was the date of fax machines. There was no computers yet. So I got a fax that said, uh, Becky's going to the Olympics, you should go. So I was in Egypt, so I took a bucket seat, you know, a bunch of, uh, uh, you know, uh, cheap airlines over right. to, to Japan <laughs> and got to Nagano and, and Becky finished pretty well last. She finished 55th, 65th and 75th and, and really discouraged after her last race. We went for a walk to look at the snow monkeys near near Japan and, and near, near uh, Nagano and she was just discouraged and, you know, it was pretty well the slowest skier at, at those Olympics. And uh, so I said, no, let's keep going. Hang in there. You'll be okay. So then she turned around everything. She she reevaluated everything from coaching. We got a strength training coach that was really good for her. A mental training coach called Terry Orlick. He's written the book In Pursuit of Excellence, which is our Bible for mental training and sports psychology. Uh, she looked at her 
her nutrition, everything, turned it around. And four years later, I was there when she then won the Olympic gold medal at Salt Lake City. And that was the longest race of her life. She got the bronze medal at that race. Yep. A year later, when they busted one of the Russians from, from the urine test and blood test, she was awarded the silver medal in the same race. And a year later, she got her gold medal. So she ended up with all three medals. I was going to say, can we, can we qualify her as a three-medal Olympic? Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> just, that, just in one race. But it took her two years to overturn that because she joined, started up a group called WADA, the World Anti-Doping Agency, right. and went after with the vengeance, went after uh, the Russians and their, and their mm-hmm. regime. At the time... Uh, Dick Pound told her to mind her own business because when she got her medal, she said, "This is for the clean athletes out there," and that stirred a lot of pots. And Dick for Pound sure. was part of the IOC, yeah. and he said to her, "You know, you should probably focus on skiing and not worry about that stuff." But they ended up becoming good allies, and Dick helped establish the World Anti-Doping mm-hmm. Agency. Becca was an athlete member on that, and it took a lot of court battles for her to get the the medal, the silver and gold medal in that same race. I know you talk about you know the emphasis on fun and everything, but how fun is it to win a gold medal or be a part of someone winning a gold medal that like you? Oh, it's fun and it's exciting, but it was never my ambition to coach an Olympic <laughs> gold medalist. Like there was never part of my radar. I I was just coaching for the fun because ninety nine percent, ninety nine point nine nine percent of the people will never go to the Olympics. Right, and so I'm as proud of the slowest uh, skiers from Vermilion Nordic as I am of Becky. Like I, I don't hold her. She's special and unique, but she's not my favorite. Right. She's just one of those people that stuck with her dream and held on tight when she was really sick. You know, she didn't let go of her dream and she had discouragement galore in the process, you know, really discouraging it. The, the Nagano Olympics was told. Mm-hmm. And then, and then she got it together for uh, Salt Lake city. But if you'd have told somebody they finished last in one Olympics and four years later got gold medal, you would think, Lance Armstrong, blood doping, Mm -hmm. you know, EPO, all the cheating things, but she just did it. I just watched her do it through sweat and hard work and refusing to give up on her dream. Like it was, that's what inspired me. So so I've always been a a volunteer coach. I've never been a paid coach. So when I went to... uh, um, Nagano with her or Salt Lake City or or then um, Torino yeah. for the her third Olympics I was always just a club coach a volunteer club coach they have official Olympic coaches that are paid living in Canmore and, and in Ottawa and, and right. all those places I'm just a club coach so then after coaching Becky uh, at the same time I'd run for federal office here in the Lakeland riding right. uh, as a member of parliament so so I uh, my friend said to me Jean Charest and Joe Clark said move to Quebec and learn French and become friends with Les Blocs Québécois. So I, I left the best job in the world at Lakeland College and, and um, in Vermilion and moved out to Quebec. And I didn't know what to do. And uh, the, the current, uh, a former world, cha- world champion, Pierre Harvey, was from there. And he said, hey, you can coach our club. So I ended up coaching cross-country skiing in Quebec. And the same thing happened. I inherited a very good group of 13, 14 year olds who already knew how to ski. And I just had fun with them. We worked hard. Uh, and from that group, a bunch of them went on and Alex Harvey is recently, you know, world champion. I went to three more Olympics with him again. It's a club coach. He, he yep. had other coaches that were official and I was just the, the glorified cheerleader. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, uh, just, just a club coach, like your average hockey coach in mm-hmm. St. Paul. I'm, I'm no different than that. I, you know, I, I try to stay humble, stay in the grassroots, have fun with the kids. And if someone makes the Olympics, that's great, but it's not the game plan. But there's got to be something with that now, because you've, you've got a couple of names that you've mentioned that have gone to the Olympics and, and done well in, and on the world stage. So, yeah. I mean, is, is the, is the national program starting to maybe recognize that, or do you just not want to go that route. Yeah, I've been recognized 
for it by by the coaches in the sport who are longtime coaches say yeah less wherever he goes they end up being some pretty doggone good athletes but i've always kept pointing them at the at the parents if they come by at the right. camera or a media i say go talk to those people that's the that's the kids mom or dad or both and the parents wow. who made the sacrifice and and i think that I try to run a very athlete-centered program, not coach-centered. I don't try to control everything. I want the athletes to learn how to decide for themselves mm -hmm. what works best for their nutrition, what works best for their self-talk and their sports psych, what works best for their technique. And so I don't try to be a controlling coach. I don't need the credit. Mm -hmm. uh, I, you know, some coaches are coaching to hang medals around their neck. I'm coaching. Um, my mentors said to me this. Uh, this is a guy called Gary Gibson, a famous ski coach, an older fellow. He's 90 years old now, and he's from Camrose with the Augustana Vikings. And he said, remember, you're not coaching cross-country skiing. You're coaching people who cross-country ski. Mm -hmm. And there's a huge difference. Any Nimrod can coach any sport, but yeah. how do you coach people? So you're not coaching skiing. You're coaching people who cross and cheese ski that could be for hockey he said it doesn't matter what sport yeah. you choose you can go and coach uh ringette or coach figure skating or coach a choir you know for singing you're coaching people i, I like how you put that out because i had a moment a couple of years ago i'm at a hockey tournament here that that participating in so yeah. uh, we call it beer league yeah yeah for sure rec league right so um a little bit more on the competitive side you got a lot of former junior players college players absolutely and just guys getting together and yeah. i'm uh uh, my team had been punted out because I'm a goalie and I'm not a very good goalie. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm sitting in the stands with one of the dads, like uh, an old family friend that we grew up, and his yeah. his kid is playing in the in the game after us. And he says, "You know, Ben, I'm watching this and I'm seeing that kid there, that kid there. There's my son." He says, "I coached all these guys as they were young," and he says, "You know what? I'm really proud of. Like they're all done their competitive days. Yeah, but they still love the game." He says, "I I feel like." that might be one of my proudest accomplishments that I feel like I gave them something at that time that I coached them that they found mm. the joy in the game that they would carry always once right. that once the competition is gone and it's it's all just for fun because this is great to see so I, I think that's that's quite a unique way to put it if you can put the love of a sport like that that yeah. kind of passion so and I like I said I've observed a couple times and I yeah. really see that this this is just so people understand you're yelling yeehaw, yahoo down the trail oh, yeah. all the time. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think I think what your friend and what you've just shared is important. It's the love of sport. Mm -hmm. You know, when when someone starts skiing with me or cross country running or triathlon or track and field, I'm thinking I want this person to do this for life. Yeah. And cross country skiing is a lifestyle sport. So one of the things I I learned from that is I went to the World Masters Championships, which is ages 30 to 100. So I went to Anchorage, Alaska with, with Becky Scott's dad, Walter Scott. And we're, I'm then racing all these former, you know, national team guys from Russia, Norway, just getting my butt kicked. But I remember watching the awards ceremony for the relay ages 90 to 100. So you saw, you'd see this little podium built for three people. And on that podium are nine people because it's three people for each relay team. Right. So you get nine old women or old men ages 90 to 100 and they're giving each other noogies with knuckles on their on their other guys heads and and punch them in the shoulder and they have this big smile for the photo and you see you know nine people with not too many teeth left but bright eyes squinting at this camera and i thought to myself i want to be like that when i'm 90 like mm -hmm. and that my goal is if i can coach kids to be that active and healthy when they're 90 years old that's more important than Olympic gold is, is that they're healthy. They got that spark in the eyes. These guys could barely walk to the podium, but they could ski beautifully <laughs> still. And, and I, I said to Walter, that's what I want to do. I want to coach until 
these kids die, you know, and, and keep them involved. If not in skiing and just other outdoor lifestyle sports, mm-hmm. they can do, but skiing's one of them. You can do that, cycling, swimming. You know, you don't see people playing volleyball when they're 90 to 100. Right. But, but you see people out skiing in their 70s, 80s, and 90s, mm-hmm. and I go, wow, I've, I've got, you know, I just turned 60. That means I got 40 more years. I got to fake it. <laughs> like, it's, it's a long time, but, but I want to do that. So that's, so your friend's right. It's yeah. the love. It's yeah. the joy. It's not just competition. Well, the, the way you do it, I can honestly say is infectious because, I mean, I've always liked cross-country skiing being outside, but, yeah. uh, you know, I've attended, uh, I know we had a great day out at the Mira Lake cross-country yeah. ski trails, and it was a lot mm-hmm. of fun to be a part of that and see how the, you know, the, how much fun the kids were having. And, yeah. you know, you'd be at the front of the line, then at the back of the line, then yeah. back at the front of the line. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know how the kids keep up with you. Oh, the kids are good. <laughs> and we're lucky because in the Lakeland region here, you know, with Pierre and Joanne's club and our Bonneville club and the Cold Lake skiers and Lac La Biche and a lot of my indigenous skiers from Spirit North, right. uh, we've got a real good network of... Uh, Local volunteers, like in your ski club, uh, local kids uh, who have just loved this sport. Some of them are first-year skiers. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm just impressed with the whole gang mm-hmm. here in in St. Paul and in the region. They're just kids that have, have discovered they love this. And it, some kids aren't interested at all in, in crossing your skiing, and it just draws a certain kind of kid who likes to be outside. And, and because the parents like it, that makes the kids like it. So it's yeah. really a family thing. And we're, we're selling this as a family sport. We're not saying we want your kid to be an elite athlete. We want your family to enjoy skiing and get out in the bush and give her. Awesome. Uh, definitely a, a good uh, frame of mind to take through not just sport, but life itself. So yeah, uh, you know what, Les, I know you're a busy guy. I want to thank yeah. you so much for coming this. I, I, I learned a little bit more about you, sure. but I know, you know, like I said, Pierre is texting me. We're going to have to do this again. Because oh yeah. Yeah. Now, now I've heard you talk about while you were in Egypt, when you got the call to go to see Becky in Japan. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, we can do country. a talk on world travel. I was going to say, Pierre yeah. says world travel. Yeah. I heard something about uh, a Mount Everest. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. So. And, and politics, federal politics. I would, yeah, that was yeah. the other thing. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> so. guiding in the Arctic, like all these different things. I've done a lot of stuff. But just back to one closing thing sure. is I want to define the Olympics. The Olympics are whatever people want to do that year. For some kids, it could be the Alberta Winter Games or a junior high school championship in some sport. Or for a senior, it could be going to ski a five or 10 kilometer trail uh, or the Canada winter games or world university games or school sports or football. Like everybody should define their Olympics uh, for that year and just get after it and get Mm -hmm. it done. And it doesn't matter if it's recreational or competitive. I think the Olympics are way overrated that we spend billions of dollars on these games that are commercialized and, you know, Coca-Cola is the biggest sponsor and all. And I think, yeah, that's good. But it's really to me, the Olympics is, what are kids motivated? What are parents motivated to do? What's any person motivated to do? And just pursue that as their little Olympic Games themselves. Thank, thank you so much for saying that. Uh, this is Les Parsons, and uh, I, we've just scratched the surface with him. We will have him back on to to share some of those more uh, some of those stories because I feel that Les really is more. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, thank thanks you so much. much. Someone completely interesting, Les Parsons. Thanks, Ben.